What is good, guys? Welcome to FL Teams. My name is Dylan Spaulding. We are joined with the former collegiate quarterback himself, Mr. Fon Sakura, my cohort, my partner in crime, if you will, here for these USF shows. Vaughn, welcome back. We did not have a show last week. Uh, we were obviously very busy with our own personal stuff we had going on and such. So we have a show this week, and it's a winnable game finally for the South Florida Bulls as we take on them Temple Owls up in Philly. Now, Philly, we know right now, is booming right now. You know, the Eagles are playing hot. The Phillies, my Philadelphia Phillies, by the way, are playing very hot right now. Uh, you got the Sixers who aren't playing hot. You got the Philadelphia Union who are going to the championship game this weekend. So Philadelphia sports right now are booming. However, the Temple Owls are not. Maybe, though, just maybe, Temple Owls will find a way to beat our beloved USF Bulls. But based off the stats and based off some of the stuff, I wouldn't say that this will be an easy test for those Temple Owls as the Bulls head into Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, up at Lincoln Financial Field to take on the Temple Owls. But Vaughn, how are you, my friend? It's been a bit, so how is everything for you heading into today's show? Doing good. Uh, tough that we couldn't preview uh, Houston against USF last week. Yep. Obviously, tough game for the Bulls, but excited. Mm -hmm. uh, a game that we've been looking forward to for a long time, I think, especially as we've seen how this season has unfolded as yeah. a game where, hey, got a winnable game this week against a, a, a Temple team that's put up quite a few stinkers this year and yep. a spot where... Uh, Jeff Scott can really show uh, what this program's all about this week. Yeah, definitely for sure. This is, I think if you're a USF fan, you looked at the schedule heading into this year, which obviously I thought that Navy was on the schedule. If Navy was on the schedule, it would have been nice to have that as well. But you look at the schedule, I think you had to have circled Temple and obviously Howard as probably the two most winnable games for this program and the, probably the two games that they would have taken regardless. Um, obviously, we would have liked to have Bohannon, I think, heading into this week. And I think if Bohannon was still playing quarterback, we guaranteed would most likely win this game just based off the numbers and based off some of the stuff. And we'll get into a lot of that here going into it a little bit later on in the show. But uh, I guess let's kick things off here. You know, talk about this Houston game on Saturday. You know, it started out strong for USF, man. USF kind of came out of the gate, looked actually a little hot, actually. This team looked, you know, kind of similar to some of the other games we've seen in the last couple of weeks in conference play. Team coming out of the gate pretty hot, starting out strong. And then late in the game, it things just got kind of ugly as we got later into the ball game. USF ended up dropping to the Houston Cougars, 42-27. to um, I believe if I'm not mistaken, I had listened to this on the radio as I was because I went to the USF baseball game on Saturday. I was listening to the game on the radio. If I'm not mistaken, they had said that this is they have never beaten Houston in conference play, which is disappointing not to be able to get the win. It would have been a good win, especially to be able to, you know, be the last game you know, against these two schools in American athletic conference play would have been nice to get a win there. Maybe put yourself in the history books there as the only team to beat them in their time in the AAC. But regardless of that, man, uh, you know, the bulls, I'll give them credit. They put some, you know, points on the board, but they just, it, they, they got too behind early and that really is what cost them. And uh, unfortunately kind of, they, they let, they let a little slack up if you will, towards the end of that game. And and I'll give credit. They played well early on, but just a, a rough way to finish out for the fighting Jeff Scott's. Yeah, it was tough. Just another air show is what I had in my notes. I mean, yeah. Clayton tune had a massive game, 31 uh, 
completed passes for 380 yards and four touchdowns. So DBs from USF struggled once again on Saturday. And I think the offense was doing very solid, but he was getting a lot of uh, carries. He had those two early touchdowns. That was huge for USF. But once Houston started adjusting and slowing down the run, I feel like USF's offense started to slow down, especially in that second half. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. And you look at the numbers, I mean, Nathaniel Dell, who obviously we talked about, um, I believe during the bye week we had mentioned that he, you know, was going to be a guy to definitely keep an eye out for heading into this week. I even said too, he would be a guy to keep out an eye out for just that kid, man. He is having an incredible season. Uh, I believe he's at what over 10 touchdowns now, if I'm not mistaken, or he's at 10 touchdowns in the stat sheet. So what an incredible year. And when you have two guys who finish with over a hundred yards receiving, you you know something's not going right there in the secondary just looked pretty bad on Saturday especially late in that ball game um and it's kind of one of those things where you know you have two good receivers for USF you got Xavier Weaver you got Jimmy Horn Jr. why can't I know this is a different offense I know I know things are different with this Bulls team but why can't we get a hundred yards out of these two guys? These two guys easily could get a hundred yards for us each week. Like not, I mean, if obviously I get it, we're a running team. That's the way we are. And that's the way this team is going to live and die by this season. That's just the way it is, especially now that Marsh is in for the rest of the year. I imagine we're going to be running the ball a lot more than we had with Bohannon as he kind of adjusted towards the offense. But I mean, when you have a guy in a Weaver and Jimmy Horn Jr., I mean, those are two guys that could easily get you a hundred yards out of them both in a single game. Yeah, it's just tough. I just think when you look at the reasoning for why that is, it's just the difference of style between yeah. Houston yeah. has a vertical passing attack. They're looking to attack downfield. And then yeah. USF, it's a little bit more short. I mean, especially with Marsh having his first game, was pretty proud of of, of how he played. High completion percentage took really yeah. took what the defense gave him. Um, only threw for that one touchdown and uh, 245 yards. So nothing crazy statistically, but yeah. – Going into um, one of his first big tests, he did a good job of making sure that the team was calm around him, didn't make those mm-hmm. big mistakes like he had um, in Tulane against Tulane. But that type of passing system is not going to be stretching it downfield as much as Weaver and Horn can be deep threats. Yeah. Uh, USF is really looking in the intermediate to short range and completing and picking up five to seven yards at a time and trying to get rolling down the field. So I really yeah. think it's just a case of a different type of system where Houston is kind of more of the throwback Raiders, bomb it down the field and see what yeah. happens. And DBs just couldn't stay with that on Saturday. They're playing with the Brett Favre situation. Just heave it downfield and see what happens. Or Aaron Rodgers, just just chuck it downfield. <laughs> it's like the, what is it, Richard Rodgers catch back when they played with the, uh, uh, when he was playing with the Packers against the Detroit Lions on Thursday Night Football. But no, man, yeah, it's, again, and especially too with Marsh, you know, you probably want to be more conservative. I'll give credit. Marsh actually played well. Like actually, like we had no, I mean, we had a few fumbles that ended up taking place, but we didn't, you know, lose any, which I mean is at least decent. I mean, overall, I mean, they actually, in terms of turnovers, they played clean, which is obviously what Jeff Scott had said previously in one of the press conferences. I believe he actually was one of my questions. He had actually answered it. He was talking about, how, you know, one of the great things is was the turnovers is, you know, trying to, you know, um, try to limit the amount of turnovers that they made because that's been really one of the big things this season is the turnovers, especially a lot of the fumbles and just kind of the mental mistake that this team has made throughout the entire season. That's definitely been, I think, one of the key issues that have 
kind of led to some of these games demise. And again, I mentioned the Florida game always, because I was especially I was at that game, the missed hike. And I know that was obviously, you know, a different situation, but just these mental mistakes, man, have killed this team in so many games. But, uh, you know, obviously this game was a little bit different. Houston pulled away late. You know, they kind of got, you know, things rolling late in that ball game. But um, again, I give credit, man, to Katravis Marsh. First start this season as with the Bulls, you know, kind of taking over for Bohannon. Uh, apparently, Jeff Scott said he didn't even practice in the bye week from what I read online and on Twitter and from USF people that are in the media. Uh, so kind of interesting, you know, Marsh without a week, uh, bye week of practice, maybe for this team mentally, it might've been a good thing to not practice that week, just mentally speaking for how much this team has had to go through this year. Maybe it was a good thing that this team didn't need to practice that bye week. Maybe it was good that they practiced a week of kind of, you know, regroup, rejuvenate themselves. Obviously they didn't win, but it, it might've been a good thing for Martian and, and that team just to rejuvenate themselves and, and kind of get going for the last half of the season, especially with some not easy games on this back half of the season in the schedule. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, obviously you want your guy to be able to practice and integrate with the team as much as possible. But yeah. like you said, with only having that one week of practice, Marsh did play very well. And yeah. there's a couple of times where maybe there's a couple guys downfield that maybe you would want him to take the shot, but really out of that such a young QB, you really want the lack of mistakes. And that's what Marsh yeah. did on Saturday. So the offense couldn't quite keep pace with Holgerson and uh, the University of Houston, who's for a long time had a very fun offensive system and USF just couldn't stop them defensively. But yeah. as far as Marsh goes, uh, you can't really ask anything more out of him uh, in his performance on Saturday. And if you can get uh, that performance every week where you're completing that amount of your passes and and you have in the high 200s of yards. Yeah. Um, that's something that you would like every week and a consistency that USF hasn't really had this year up to this point. I know this is a different conference. I want to get your take on this here. And I'm just thinking about this right now because we're talking about, you know, this team and, and obviously they put up a pretty decent amount of points the last couple of weeks. It feels like obviously the Tulane game was a bit of a different story. They kind of slacked obviously with Bohannon not being in the game and, you know, things just had to change on a fly right there and, and really on a button. Um, I, I want to get your take on this. If it, hypothetically speaking, if USF was in a different conference, let's say they were in um, the conference USA, they were in the Mac. Um, obviously the Mac, they'll never be in the Mac. Uh, they actually could be in the conference USA if they really wanted to. Um, hypothetically speaking, if they were in another conference, maybe not so much the Sun Belt, but maybe other kind of lower tier conferences, lower than the American, do you think USF could actually maybe grab a few more wins and we could be talking about a different USF team? Because I really do think this USF team is talented, but I think for how like, lethal some of these american athletic conference teams have been this season and how good this conference has really been i mean it's a lot of you know two loss one loss teams that have just kind of slung it around you know getting 40 plus points a week i mean this has really been a very i would say high scoring offensive conference so far this year would you say that if usf was in another conference things could possibly be different for the USF Bulls, or would you think that it would most likely be the same just because of all the mistakes that the team has made to themselves? Well, things definitely could be different. The AAC is probably the second best. I mean, the Sun Belt's been ridiculous this year. It's been ridiculous. But the AAC, yeah. as far as talent, um, might be the sixth or maybe even fifth best conference uh, in the country. You want to talk about Louisville with Malik Cunningham. Cincinnati is mm -hmm. considered a power at this point. 
um, what Ehlers is doing at East Carolina, and then Michael Pratt at Tulane. They're ranked 19th now. Houston's been solid for a while. So these are all very solid teams that USF is having to play. But I still don't know, um, based off how they've played, how they would fare in another conference. I mean, you think about the first half of the season was just plagued by tough QB play. Yeah. In the last couple of games, the defense just hasn't really been able to hold up. So on the one hand, yes, could they probably pick up a couple more wins in an easier conference? But on the other hand, do you really want to stoop yourself down to that level just to pick up those wins? I mean, you want to, I mean, as a program, the best possible thing we could do is to continue to bring in, you know, those state and those Bay made people and try to grow and be the best they can in this conference. So as tough as the conference was this year, also need a higher standard of play from USF. I completely agree with that. And, and I, and I think it really, it's tough, man, because it's like, again, it, 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 you wonder where it begins in terms of this. You wonder if it begins with just the, the actual faculty itself, like the people involved with the athletic programs and with the athletic department, you wonder if it has anything to do with, like, there's so much stuff that you could tie into this season, you know, like that you could say, Oh, it's Jeff Scott. It's the players. It's this, it's that like, there's so many little, yeah, there's injuries. Like there's so many little things that you could wrap into this, that it's almost just, you know, it's a combustible situation right now for this team. And again, there's a lot of people to blame, I think on this. And there's a lot of things that I think the team that could have, you know, things could have worked out a little bit better for this year that obviously didn't end up happening. So we'll see, man, it's going to be very interesting to see what this team looks like down the stretch of the season, obviously coming off this first game here to start out the second half of the season. So they do get a game though, this weekend against temple. So we'll get started talking about this here, the USF temple game this weekend, man. Uh, You know, it's a, it's an interesting game. This is the only FBS team that Jeff Scott has actually had a win against. He has never won against any other FPS team against other than Temple. So this is the only win he's had in his record currently up to this point as a head coach. Uh, let, let's talk about this game here and preview this game. USF and Temple, man, this really does look like a USF game or a game for USF that they should win on paper. Like this Temple team is is really bad offensively, and this could be a good opportunity maybe for the defense to get some maybe some momentum, maybe kind of a little bit of a, uh, some, you know, good things happening for the defense here this weekend. But this, you know, the defense is also not very good for us either. So it's kind of one of those things where this really, this game is, is going to be very interesting to see kind of who controls the, the, the pace here a little bit. Is it going to be the offense for Temple? Are they going to be able to, you know, kind of get going or is it going to be the defense for USF who could step up and maybe kind of, uh, make their biggest splash they've had all season. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Once again, it's it's always is interesting when you have these two teams that have struggled so much against other competition, yeah. and they both know that this is a week where they could really get a win and have a chance to show um, some of the positive things that they've been working on throughout the season. One of the most interesting things, their starter, EJ Warner, who is Kurt's son, uh, he throws it all over the place, which is really interesting. I mean, it results in a lot of interceptions. He does have six interceptions. Uh, on the year but it's also should be a point of pride this week for USF um, as we look forward towards UCF week UCF put up 70 against Temple um, which was pretty embarrassing for Temple and shows you some of the kind of talent that Temple has um, yeah. uh, against a team like UCF so if mm-hmm. USF loses to this Temple team via transitive scoring it's not going to be looking too hot against UCF so 
point of pride this week, um, looking towards UCF and also a point of pride as a team, just being ready and excited for a team of equal or closer competition. Yeah, I mean, this is, again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is on paper at the beginning of the year. This was the easiest in-conference, non-conference, whatever, in terms of FBS-level opponent. This is the easiest game he got all season. If USF doesn't win, I mean, there's got to be a lot of concern. I mean, if you can't beat Temple, I mean, you know, this is a team on paper that you should beat. Like, you, there's no excuses to not beat this team. And I get Jeff Scott is, you know, kind of praised Temple a little bit. And, you know, they've had a few okay games. But this is a team that, again, scores on average 15.5 points a game. That is not very good offensively. And, you know, they they really have no, like, weapons at all. Like, you look at their weapons, like, only a couple, like, one touchdown for some of their top running backs. Only a couple hundred yards for each of their running backs they've had this season, receiving wise. Nothing too out there, nothing too crazy. A couple touchdowns here, a couple touchdowns there. I mean, realistically speaking, nothing has clicked at all for this Temple team this year. This has kind of been a stagnant offense. I don't expect them to get anything going this week. And I do think the defense, like we've seen what the linebacking core can do, Vaughn. We saw them against Temple. When they're fired up, they they can get on a little bit of a run and a little bit of a tear defensively. We saw that against Tulane. They were rocking. I know it's a road game, but, I mean, at the end of the day, how many people are going to be at that Temple game? Not very much. I'm, I'm going to just say it right now. Not very much. It's going to be a lot worse than what we've seen at USF games this season. I'll just say that. So what what's your take on that, at least, and what I just said there? Well, I'm excited definitely for the defense this weekend. I mean, you have a, a QB who's super inexperienced who yep. uh, more than likely will have a couple turnovers in the game. That gives you a chance to mm-hmm. not only score defensively, but put yourself in a great spot um, offense with our own young quarterback and putting him on a short field. That could be huge. Yep. But yeah, Temple, not like we said earlier, not a lot going on offensively, whether you want to talk weapons or the stats, they just have not been able to get it going this year. Yeah. Uh, only wins have been against an FCS team in UMass, which is one of the worst FBS programs in the country. So it's been tough for this Temple group so far. Um, their defense has been um, solid enough, but if you want to talk about just offensively for Temple, it's been real rough um, so yeah. far this year. But EJ Warner, uh, like I said, is going to probably make a few mistakes, and that could be a place where USF could really capitalize and try to get a good start out in this game like they've done in the couple games before but yep. it just seems like after the second or third quarter um the defense either runs out of gas or the other team just hasn't made enough adjustments um scheme wise where usf can't handle it or the dbs are worn down or whatever it is um we still need to see a four quarter performance from this defense and this is a spot where they could really do it yeah definitely for sure man it's going to be interesting this defense Again, they've allowed 38.1 points a game, and that's not, you know, what you like to see on the stat sheet. And they've also allowed 488.1 yards in total defense this season per game, which is the second worst in the NCAA behind Charlotte. And Charlotte's not a very good team either. They actually fired their head coach, I believe, a week or two ago. So, yeah, USF defense going to have to step up. I think this is a great opportunity for this defense. I think this could be a very lo- I think this could be a very low scoring game to be honest. I-, I would not be surprised if it's like 20 to 15. I really I would not be surprised at all. Um I I don't think it's going to be very high scoring. I think it's going to be very low scoring here in this ball game. Um I- before we do make our predictions for this game, 
Um, I do want to kind of highlight some of the key players for this game. I had uh, I forgot to add that into our our little list here of all the stuff we were going to cover, but I do want to highlight some of the key players for both squads. So we'll we'll begin in the offensive side of things, and I guess we'll begin with USF. Who do you have as your uh, offensive player to watch here heading into Saturday? So my offensive player uh, going into watch for this weekend is Catravis uh, Marsh, and I just want to see him to continue to stay calm in the pocket, continue yep. to lead this team, have another good week of taking what the defense gives to him. I don't think he's going to need to do too much um, this week or score an exorbitant amount of points to have this USF team in the game. So I really wanted to be able to see this week in a game that you're definitely going to be in, how are you going to handle from drive to drive, the little bit of ups and downs and adversity, hopefully not as much adversity we've seen in the last couple of weeks, but keeping this team in it, being a leader and showing really what he could do with this offense when he really has the keys and a shot to win the game. I like it. I like the I like the pick there. Obviously, Catravis will be interesting to see because if you think about it, this is a great opportunity for Catravis to really ball. I mean, he could ball this weekend if if he really wanted to, and I think he could. I think he's just got the capability to do it. It's uh, it's just a matter of how the offense responds early. We saw it last week. If they can respond the way they did last week against Temple, I really do think USF is going to easily walk over Temple most likely if they can respond and play the way they did early against Houston. Um, you know, I, I really do think that they could they could really have a good good game this Saturday and really play a good four quarters of action f- against this Temple team. Uh, for me, I'm gonna go. It's either between Brian Batty and Michael Dukes here. I'm gonna go Batty. I think Batty, if you will, is the more uh, sexier pick, if you will, in terms of the running back position. I love Michael Dukes. I love what he's done this season. He's been a great secondary back out of the backfield. Great short game, uh, you know, type of player, but. I like what Braddy has brought to the table this year, and he's just continued to impress me all season. Arguably, the again, the highlight of the season has been Brian Batty and the way he stepped up. I mean, everybody was talking about Jerem Mangum, Jerem Mangum, Jerem Mangum heading into the season, being possibly the workhorse, if you will, for this uh, offense. Batty has stepped up. Really haven't seen too much of Mangum this season in terms of the running attack, and uh, it's been great to see Batty really kind of, you know, getting things on track and, and really becoming a, a great running back out of the backfield for this Bulls team. Yeah, he's been awesome to see so far, and he's another guy I would like to see. Let's continue. Uh, even if the team starts to slow on him and give him yeah. uh, – put more defenders in the box when Batiste there, continue to give him carries throughout the second half because it feels like he's had a bunch of big first halves, but it hasn't really been the same in the second half. So I hope that team will continue to give him touches late into the I, game. This I week. honestly could could see Batiste finish with 150 yards rushing. I, I really do believe that. I, I Especially if it gets ugly early, say if it's like 21 nothing, you know, USF just puts him on, you know, to Temple. Would not be surprised if Batiste just runs all over Temple late in the game. Temple's just dejected at that point. I really would not be surprised if that ends up being the case. So we'll see. It'll be nice to see him uh, get 150 yards. It'll be a good uh, good day. Hopefully maybe gets a touchdown or two as well as he did last week. Uh, we'll go into the Temple player of the game in, or player to watch in terms of offense. Uh, again, really not a ton of options here. I feel like we might have the same person just because we were talking about him a little bit and, you know, kind of the unpredictableness of him. Uh, Vaughn, I'll begin with you first. Who do you have as your uh, player to watch for Temple offensively? Well, I had EJ Warner, who we talked about is uh, Kurt's son, who – has struggled pretty mightily this year so far. Um, 53% completion percentage and a bunch of picks uh, to go with a bunch of fumbles. Isn't the biggest guy, but he'll throw it all over the yard, and he can make some plays happen. He's pretty electric. Yeah. Uh, 
guy just still trying to find his way in his young college career. Yeah, I'm going to go Egypt Warner as well. I think, you know, just I think, as you mentioned, what he's can do on Saturday will be interesting to see, especially against the USF defense that really has struggled. If he can play, you know, come out and, and kind of, you know, get started early again. I, I'll be honest. I haven't watched much temple football this year just because of how bad the team has been this season um, outside of that one game that I did go end up going to and such. And I'll be honest, uh, they did run a lot of du- dual quarterback uh, plays in terms of, you know, switching out Warner for, I believe one of their other quarterbacks that they have as well. If I can get the name correctly here, I want to make sure I say uh, Dewan Mathis. He's a big mm-hmm. kid. They've used him a lot out of the backfield as a almost a running back quarterback, similar to like Clint Flowers, except he's a little bit bigger of a size. Um, in terms, yeah, of he's his, played uh, some receiver for them as well. Yeah, he's also played some receiver as well. Yeah, so I I would definitely like to see um what EJ Warner will do, and you never know, maybe Temple will do some of these type of trick plays, and maybe it does catch USF off guard because. I don't know. It feels like sometimes the secondary is just walking, like, to be honest with me, like we've seen that a lot this year where it just feels like the, the, you know, actual like assignments that the USF players defensively have been given. They're not actually, you know, fully making a good, they're not doing a good job with their assignments They're moving a lot around. And it just seems like sometimes they're a little dysfunctional defensively. Yeah. I think it seems, I mean, the one rule you have as a, a safety or a deep DB in coverage is don't let anybody behind you. And it feels yeah. like over and over again, whether that be because of play action or yeah. um, the way that it was, the play was schemed up. It just feels like the receivers are running so easy behind the DBs almost so every single easy. game. Yeah. It's been a rough, it's been definitely a rough year for the secondaries, which is unfortunate because I talk so much about this secondary heading into the year about, Oh, the secondary is going to be great. It's going to be amazing to watch. And, they have uh, very much proved me wrong on that aspect. So we'll go defensively now um, for our defensive players to watch. I guess let's begin with Temple because there is one player I looked at here. And actually, their defense is not horrible. Like, it's actually a decent defense um, in terms of, um, uh, in terms of like, total defense allowed. They're like a mid-pack defense, actually, surprisingly. Um, but there is one player that I will say has to be the defensive player to watch out for for Temple. I don't know if you have the same player as Mivon, but who do you have as your defensive player of the week to watch out for for Temple? Uh, I had Jordan Layton for uh, Temple, who's their 6'2", 220-pound outside linebacker, has two picks and two forced fumbles on the year, as well as 13 tackles for loss. So he's just been a monster. He's been one of their few bright spots this year. They have had a couple nice defensive performances. They only gave up 16 to Rutgers. Um, they shut out UMass, who struggles, but is still an FBS team. So, although this team did give up 70 points to UCF, they had had a couple of strong defensive outings, and Jordan Layton was a big part of that. Yeah, I'm going to go Jordan. I'm actually going to go a dual. I'm going to go dual. Uh, I'm going to go two, co, if you will. I'm going to go Layton Jordan, the linebacker for Temple, and I'm going to go Darian Varner. Um, you mentioned, obviously, both of them have combined – to get 13 sacks defensively, that's impressive. So I'm going to go both of them together just because of how impressive they've been sack-wise. But you mentioned Leighton Jordan, man. He's had a fantastic year. Two picks. Both of them, by the way, were return touchdowns because he's got two touchdowns as well. So two picks for two touchdowns, that's very impressive. And also two forced fumbles. And one of them, by the way, was a forced fumble touchdown. So 
it's been a very good season for Leighton Jordan, man. He's had a really nice year and definitely could be a guy to watch out for defensively for this Temple squad heading into this weekend because, again, this Temple team actually is one of the bright spots. It's the defense. Is This Temple defense is really the bright spot, which feels like such a Philly thing. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's you but or if it's just me, but, I mean, I don't know. It just feels like a Philly thing to me. got some tough-nosed people out there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that is going to be my defensive co players if you will for this saturday to watch uh now we'll go to usf who do you have as your defensive player to watch out for for saturday so as you were saying earlier about the linebackers this could be a big week for them so i had dj gordon uh the fourth who has been playing very solid as of late uh the last three games he has 25 uh total tackles which has been huge for the defense so Boyles has been um one of the big bright spots and uh gordon has been solid the last couple weeks as well in uh trying to move this USF defense in the right direction as the four out of the five last games, the opponent has scored over 40 points. So chance this week to start to write that ship and get it moving in the right direction. And I think DJ Gordon will be a big part of that. I am going to go with a man who has had a very good season defensively. And I am going to go with Jason Vaughn. Did he five sacks on the year for him this season? He's had a very nice season so far this year. Um, He had three sacks alone in that game against Tulane. Uh, He's had a very nice season. He actually, um, up until last week, he had, he actually had a sack um, once each week. He had a sack against ECU, a sack against Cincy and a sack against Tulane. Um, Obviously had three total in the Tulane game, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with my man, Mr. Jason Vaughn, the defensive end junior out of Miami, Florida. He's had a great year. He's been, you know, at least getting a sack. He's been getting to the quarterback. And I think, you know, with this offense, the way it's been this season for Temple, I think uh, he could definitely make a splash here heading into Saturday. So that's going to be my pick this weekend to watch is going to be Jason Vaughn with five sacks on the year, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, a couple uh, uh, games, there's really been some stretches where the front seven's been very solid for this yeah. group. So hopefully that'll continue. So, Vaughn, let's make our final predictions, man. Temple, USF, again, this is the most winnable game that USF has. Can we finally say, and can we come back next week when they play, I believe it's SMU, which is next weekend. I will be at the SMU game covering it next Saturday here in Tampa. Noon kick, and it's salute to service, by the way. Got to salute out to our all our men, service men and women out there uh, for what they do for our country. But uh, what do we got here, man? Temple and USF. What's your prediction? What what do we or what are we going to see on the on the scoreboard heading into Saturday afternoon? So like you said, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think uh, USF is finally going to be able to pull one out in Philly. That would be awesome. And I think that the offense will hopefully pop off uh, throughout the four quarters and we can have more of a complete game and Marsh uh, can continue on uh, taking what the defense giving him, as I was saying, and distributing it to the playmakers and the guys who can make plays happen like Weaver or Jimmy Horn Jr. And, uh, I think USF, like I said, pulls it out. Hopefully EJ Warner has a couple turnovers and USF can capitalize on that. And I would go USF 28, Temple 17 this Saturday. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go USF. I'm going to go USF 26 and I'm going to have Temple. I'm going to have him. Oh, give me, give me 13. I think uh, Temple gets a touchdown. 
Maybe uh, maybe they try to go for two and miss something. I don't know. I, I don't think there will be a ton of points scored either. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game, kind of a, a defensive battle in the trenches maybe even, if you will. Uh, I, I do think this is going to be a very intriguing matchup for the Bulls fans. I, if there's any matchup that Bulls fans should be excited about, it really should be this one, and there's really not much excitement about this game just because of really how bad these teams have been this year. But USF really has – Again, they have talent on this team to win ball games. It's just we've come up short every single time. It feels like very similar to last season. Um, and it feels like, too, man, a lot of people have been saying Jeff Scott might be safe this year. I know you mentioned, obviously, Jeff Scott, and I do believe that he should get another chance really for next season because next year will be the really big test to see where this team is at against especially competition that will be kind of a lesser in terms of the play. Um, you know, obviously a lot of conference USA teams moving over and it's all been officiated like official um, in terms of the, the writing in the paper. So we will have a, a couple new teams heading in the next season. And by the way, I got to mention before we, we let everybody go, Gary Bohannon will be back for 2023. We'll uh, get your thought on this bond. What do you think about Bohannon returning for a second season as a USF bull? This is pretty exciting, man, especially you know, again, with a lot lesser competition heading in the next year, going to be a little bit of an easier conference. This could be a recipe for some excitement heading in the next season. USF might have a shot next year, especially if this team could get things back on track the way it was, you know, during the Quentin Flower era, you know, during those that those times and really when the team was just dominant and one of the top teams in terms of group of five. Yeah, so I think it's definitely huge, especially if the plan is to keep Scott. If you're not keeping Scott, I'm not a huge fan of having the super senior play when there's younger guys available to get yep. very important reps. But if Scott's going to be coming back and it's going to be a, a kind of uh, tryout uh, year for Scott, and if it goes well, then maybe we'll sign you to another couple years. And if it doesn't, you're out of here. Yeah. And uh, Bohannon could be uh, a big part of that, especially he's a guy who already knows the offense and, and already knows what Scott wants to do going into the next year. The only question is, are we going to get the Bohannon that we saw in the first half against Tulane? Or are we going to get the Bohannon that we saw in the first four or five weeks this year where he had some serious struggles throwing the ball? So hopefully with that whole year um, off and to rehab and hopefully he's healthy and, and back at 100 percent because he could be a guy who we saw at Baylor and we saw um, yep. in spurts this year can be really special and somebody that if Scott has all this time to work with, it'll be almost three years by the time we'll kick yeah. off next year. Um, that could be really big for this offense. I cannot wait, man. When spring football comes around, I'm actually thinking about asking Scott, like, is it, it has to be like, I wonder what his take is. Like if he thinks it's going to be a make or break year for him. Like, I, I know it's a weird question, but you got to wonder what Jeff Scott's thinking right now because he knows he's got to be in some hot water. I mean, he can't be completely safe from his job. He doesn't know, obviously, whether or not he comes back. I think he comes back. Again, my big thing is I hope that Jeff Scott can turn things around with this program, and I think if we give him another year next year to see what he can do with a brand-new conference. I mean, this conference is completely changing next year, like absolutely completely changing. I know there's going to be new teams um, or there's going to be same teams from, you know, this AAC original, if you will, uh, this, I, I kind of call this the 2.0 of the AAC, if you will, the conference USA plus maybe even, but I mean, you got to wonder, man, like what Jeff Scott is thinking about, like heading into next year, like it's gotta be a make or break season for him. Like he, if he doesn't prove 
next year that he can coach this team to a winning season, he's got to he got he's got to be gone. There's no way you can keep him around next season if he doesn't perform. Yeah, same thing. I I think a lot of people have been calling for him uh, to be fired at the end of this year if they don't win two out of four games. We'll see. I don't. Once again, with the financials and all that, I I really think um, that there's no way he gets fired at the end of this year in the way that. Uh, and, the, and you mentioned too, he, there's really and if there's not a good candidate out there, you know, what do you got yeah. better? Yeah, and why not give him the one more year? And I think I think the faculty and uh, the president even is committed to Jeff Scott throughout at mm-hmm. least next year. See what he can do. Like we've said a bunch of times, this year was just the year from hell with all of the injuries. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully next year, um, you know, you can, you can have one final shot. And if it doesn't go well next year, then just have a clean break. And yeah, the, the, but, the walking under the ladder situation and all this. But stuff yeah, if, if there's not an FBS team, if there's not an FBS team beat this year, it's going to be really tough to be having a lot of hope going into next year. So yeah. need to see some serious a serious game here from USF and uh, um, to at least keep it close against Temple. If there needs, is going to be any hope about this program next week against SMU. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. I, I, I do think this team should win this game. If we don't, it's I'm, I'm I, I want to have a good press. I need to have a good press conference heading into Saturday, Vaughn. Like I need to have uh, something positive to ask Jeff Scott about this Saturday when I'm in his press conference, because I will be there in the press conference. Wasn't able to get there last week. And obviously I was kind of happy. I wasn't there just the way the team played. Um, honestly, that's why I didn't even re- re- write a recap just because of the way it ended up finishing out. I was very disappointed about that game. So, We'll see. Hopefully we do get a positive Jeff Scott heading into Saturday or I guess after Saturday's game, but we're almost done Vaughn. Like it's crazy to think, man, only three weeks left of the season. After this week, we got SMU at home next week, Tulsa on a Friday night, which I'm very excited for looking forward to that game. And then you get, um, you get UCF on Saturday, uh, Saturday weekend after Thanksgiving, that's gonna be a massive massive game right there i mean again that's our bowl game this season is the ucf game so very much looking forward to that but for everybody here at fl teams for myself dylan spalding for von sakura we are signing off for tonight we will have more stuff coming out von will obviously be doing the ucf game together i know that so we'll be doing coverage for that game coming up i'll be at the bethune cookman florida a&m florida classic game dude i cannot freaking wait that's gonna be so fun i'm so excited so i'm looking forward to that um but for myself again dylan spalding for the former qb von Sakura, peace out guys we'll see you in the next episode